This podcast is a proud member of the Paranormality Podcast Network. And welcome to episode 24 of Stories of Strangeness. I'm Mike and this is Zoe. Hello. Yep. And this week is a Zoe week. And it is. she is going to tell you all about... Nessie. Oh. Okay. So, I absolutely love the legend of the Loch Ness Monster. I'm going to make a stand and I'm not going to call it a myth because I do believe that there is something there. Loch Ness is a loch or lake in the Scottish Highlands. It is over 22 miles long and almost two miles wide at its widest point. And at points it is over 225 metres deep. It is connected to other locks and rivers and through them also connected to the sea. The high peak levels in the soil of the area make the waters notoriously murky. Legend has it that the loch was once a fertile and beautiful glen. In the glen was a magical well that never ran dry, as long as the cover was replaced after water had been drawn. One day, a woman was collecting water. She heard her baby cry, and throwing the cover aside ran to see if the baby was okay. While she was gone, the well water rose and continued to do so until the water filled the entire valley. It is said that the locals ran to the hills for safety. They cried, and this is where you have to forgive my Scottish accent. <laughs> the Loch Nissan, and I'm sorry, but that should mean there is a lake there now. So Loch Nessan, Ness, something like that. Apologies. So yes, that's how it got its name. Science tells us that the Great Glen, which cuts all the way across Scotland and the subsequent locks that were formed, were formed by glaciers more than 10,000 years ago. The creature was brought to the world's attention in 1933. However, local newspapers had been publishing articles about sightings for years previously, and the oral history of the monster dates as far back as the 6th century. A legend tells of St Columba, St. Columba was out walking with some of his followers down by the River Ness when he came upon a group of men burying a body on the riverbank. They told him that the man had been attacked in the water. Columba told one of his monks to swim across the river. Halfway across, a monster appeared and threatened the monk, but St. Columba cried, Go no further, nor touch the man. Go back. And that was enough to send the monster fleeing for its life and it hasn't harmed a person since, but has remained the subject of many a fireside story from then to the present day. The 1933 article that drew the eyes of the world to Loch Ness was written by Alex Campbell, detailing a sighting by A. McKay and published on the 2nd of May. A large beast or whale-like fish was witnessed by Mrs. McKay and her husband, John, as they were driving along the A82 on the 15th of April, 1933. 
An excerpt includes details of its final plunge that sent waves out that were big enough to have been caused by a passing steamer. It was this that made them realise they were seeing something uncanny. In the 1933 piece, Alex Campbell states that there was an oral tradition going back generations that there was a fearsome beast in the lock. After a second reported sighting in The Courier in August of 33, the publication was inundated with letters from those who had claimed to have also seen the monster. The piece detailed a sighting by George Spicer, a tailor from London, who while driving around the lock with his wife saw the nearest approach to a dragon or prehistoric animal that I have ever seen in my life. The creature had an animal in its mouth and it was trundling across the road back to the lock. It was big, over eight metres long, with a high back of four metres or so, and it moved in a loping way. The letters that the courier received described monster fish, sea serpents and dragons, but they eventually decided the Loch Ness Monster was the name that would be used from then on. So from those descriptions, we see a multitude. Serpent-like neck, body with tail, a giant eel. Some say it has legs and feet, some flippers. Some describe it as limbless. Most describe it as very large, but colours can vary with blue hues, grey, sometimes a red or a brown, but most agree that the skin has the same kind of look as a whale or a dolphin, not scaled or furry. Not that you would think it was furry, I don't know. Nessie, as the monster would affectionately become known as, has had their fair share of hoaxes. Sadly, one of the most famous images of Nessie, still used today, has been proven to be fake. The photo was named the surgeon's photo, because the man who took it didn't want his name associated with it. The surgeon was actually Robert Wilson, a gynaecologist from London, and the photo was published in the Daily Mail on the 21st of April, 1934. For 60 years, the photo was thought to be the best proof there was. But as technology advanced, it was realised that the wave patterns were that of the smaller waves nearer the shore, and that whatever had been photographed was only about a metre in length. Eventually, the truth came out. What was photographed was an elaborate hoax engineered by Marmaduke Weatherall. Marmaduke had previously been ridiculed by the Daily Mail when a photograph of Nessie tracks he had submitted turned out to have been made by a hippo foot umbrella stand. He obviously held a grudge. He had a miniature submarine made and asked a model maker friend to create the Nessie head for the top. You'll know the photo, it's the one that looks like a kind of hand duck type thing, mm -hmm. really zoomed in. But photos aren't our only way of recording sightings. In December of 1954, sonar readings were taken from a fishing boat. The crew of Rival 3 recorded a large object keeping pace with them at a depth of 146 metres, and it followed them for 800 metres. In 1960, Tim Dinsdale, took a film of what appeared to be the hump of a creature. Folks at the time dismissed it and said it was fake, that it was a man in a boat. But in 1993, further investigation and advancements in technology revealed a shadow on the negative not visible in the photo. 
the negative showed a dark mass that looked like the whole rear of the creature underwater. The person that worked on it said, Before I saw the film, I thought the Loch Ness Monster was a load of rubbish. Having done these enhancements, I'm not so sure. In 1967 and 68, D. Gordon Tucker from the Department of Electronics and Electrical Engineering at the University of Birmingham conducted a study using a prototype sonar transducer. It was set up on one side of the lock, facing the opposite shore. It recorded for two weeks and in that time picked up shoals of fish, but also some things that did not move like shoals of fish and moved at a rate of 10 knots which is about 11.5 miles an hour, or 18.5 kilometres an hour. In 1987, Operation Deep Scan took place on the lock. 24 boats with echo-sounding equipment spread out across the width of the lock and recorded their findings. A sonar expert, Daryl Lawrence, examined the results and said, There's something here we don't understand, and there's something here that's larger than a fish. Maybe some species that hasn't been detected before. I don't know. During all of these sonar experiments, sightings continued, and you don't have to search very hard on the internet these days to be bombarded with photos and videos of sightings and people giving their thoughts and opinions. One study which I found very interesting was a DNA study. A group led by Neil Gammel, a leader in environmental DNA research from the University of Otago, New Zealand, took samples of DNA from all over the lock. When folks called in sightings, they went there and took samples. It might actually help to discover what is in the lock by telling us what isn't there. For many years, it has been suggested that it could be a Wells catfish. These catfish can grow up to 15 feet long and can have a head the size of the bonnet of a small car but the lock did not contain any catfish DNA. Another giant fish that has been suggested was a sturgeon. They can grow upwards of 12 feet, but again, no sturgeon DNA was found. For those that are adamant that the monster is something left over from a prehistoric era, you'll be sad to hear that there was no DNA that could be identified as a plesiosaur or the like. One set of DNA, which did seem to be overly abundant, is eel DNA and Gamel said it was more than he expected to find. It might just be from thousands of little ones, or it might just be from a few really big ones. And also, as Gamel pointed out himself, 25% of the DNA samples went unidentified, so who knows what that could reveal. In 2003, the BBC funded 600 sonar beams and satellite tracking systems to scan the lock for a feature called searching for the Loch Ness Monster, but they didn't find anything, and a lot of people decided that that was it. But I think one thing we have to remember or realise is that Loch Ness is big, really big. It holds more water than all of the lakes, rivers and reservoirs in England and Wales combined, which is almost incomprehensible. Team this with the fact that it is linked to so many rivers and locks, and the sea. So when someone says they scanned it and found nothing, it's like saying, you popped round to my house but I wasn't there, so I don't exist.
ready? I think so. Uh, not sure what we need for an actual monster hunt. Flashlight? Check. Warm clothes? Check. Recorder? Recording. Then we're ready. Eve! Eve! sci-fi mystery podcast from Wild Obscura. Now available wherever you get your podcasts. To find out more, visit cryptidspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at cryptidspodcast. Eyes to the skies. What do you think? Well, I remember the sonar thing and i remember getting very excited about that which that one because honestly literally seven was it he said yes the 24 boats yeah sounding system. so i remember that being reported on in the news when i was young yeah and was very disappointed when they didn't turn around and go yep we found a nessie and it's this you know <laughs> yeah because I have a feeling it was on. It was on like some sort of children's show, like Blue Peter. I would have thought they would. Like, do you know, like I that. think I might remember it too because yeah. I would have been like what seven or eight or something. Yeah, and I just remember because I was obviously aware of the legend by that point. Yeah, yeah, just being bitterly disappointed that they kind of hadn't come back with any definite evidence. But it makes me wonder whether they could use something different these days. Like I don't know if you could use lidar underwater. This is the thing that literally millions and millions of pounds has been spent. I found lists and lists of literally universities from all over the world who have come and they have done studies. Mm. There was one guy lost his job at the Natural History Museum because they said, do not associate yourself with the Loch Ness monster, right, and he he just could not help himself. Yeah, he went up there, and I think he saw something. Right. So instead, but instead of going, oh, I'll keep that a bit private. He actually started giving lectures, and they just went, nope, you're out. Which I thought was a bit harsh, but well, you know, the way it often goes with cryptids and paranormal research, it's not seen as fodder for academia at all. Exactly. Exactly. Which always baffled me because it's like. Surely the whole point of science is to try and explain things we don't understand. And if we don't understand these things, but we know from witness testimony and everything else that something happened, then surely the point is to find out what. See, what I've noticed about, like, I've I've seen so so many photos and little clips of videos over Mm. the past couple of weeks. Back in the day, in the sort of the 30s, 40s, 50s, a lot of people spoke about that whole kind of plesiosaur long head, like long neck coming out of the water. Mm. But more recent, 
they don't talk about a head. They talk more about a big humped back. Yeah. Rather than seeing a head out of the water. The kind of more stereotypical sea serpent type of thing. Well, no, it's literally like more like a, a whale. Like, right. So you don't see anything else apart from this kind of body move out of the yeah. water, like just come out. Yeah, because there was the, the video that appeared a, a few years ago where you could see something moving around and it and it created quite a decent sized wake behind yeah. it as well. Yeah. It I've I've always thought there's something in it. There's there's something there. Yeah. That it's it so could be deep. some kind of weird giant eel that we don't know about. Or... Well this is it. So one of my little notes to talk about is what's called a eunuch eel. Right. And it's not a particular breed of eel. It's when an eel, rather than when it reaches sexual maturity, going off back to its spawning ground and breeding and and doing that side of the life cycle, they just go, no, stay in here. And they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And the European conger eel which is one of the bigger eels that could it could be, right. has been recorded as being up to three metres long, okay. which is actually pretty long. Yeah. And when you think about how big a fish can get, like if you think of like a big pike, they can get pretty tubby yeah, yeah. when they start getting longer, yeah. which means they would get rounder, even yeah. though it's an eel and it's going to be slimmer. But still. But you've obviously got to have the ratio there. Yeah. And I'm just wondering... You know, could it be a big eel? And it would, you know, there was one guy who had put a photo up saying, oh, I think I might have actually captured a pretty good picture of the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. And his mates were like, no, mate, that's just three seals following each other. (laughs) And you kind of go, well, it could be. Yeah. But also it might not be. Yeah. Because they were all really, really well lined up. And it's like, I know seals are pretty intelligent, but... But then you've got people that say, you know, I saw it cross a road and things like yeah. that, which, you know, even that rules out plesiosaur or something because well, generally you wouldn't think they'd be able to move this is around it. They, on they land say particularly. The one that said it was crossing the road, I'm sure they said it was kind of like that was one that didn't, they said it didn't have legs or they didn't see legs. And right. I'm like, what road were you on where you couldn't see the road that it was on? Yeah. It's it's weird because you know you can you can get kind of like amphibious creatures and creatures that generally live in the water that come out because like you know seals yeah, you yeah, wouldn't yeah. think that they can move quite as quickly as they can yeah, on I suppose, land. Yeah. I mean, some people I think thought it was not an alligator, but that kind of kind of scaly creature, right? For a bit, and it has been. I mean, that was Marmaduke. Don't you just love that name? <laughs> I was like. I'm not going to call him by his surname because I just love the name Marmaduke. But he'd originally submitted a photo because he thought I found Nessie footprints, which then turned out to have been made by a hippo foot umbrella stand. Well, that's what I was going to say. Maybe it's what? a hippo because they can that, I mean, yeah. bomb around in water and actually like, they're very quick on land. They can outrun humans. I don't know if you get many hippos in Scotland, though. That's the only thing. Well, you might just need one. That's the thing. It doesn't but, have to be many, what, does the, it? For the past almost 100 years, actually, well, no, right, going a back... a small family of hippos, <laughs> then. Fine. But, um, that t- tracks with the, the skin thing as well, of them being kind of smooth Yeah, it's skinned. the right kind of skin. Yeah. Someone did suggest also an elephant, because the neck could have been the trunk the out trunk, of the water. Yeah. 
But again, I'm not sure many elephants in Scotland. It's a weird one. Yeah. But what I was going to say is I did realise in the early hours of the other morning, which I explained to you, why I had such a fascination with the Loch Ness Monster was the old kids' TV programme, The Family Ness. The Family Ness. So if you search The Family Ness on YouTube, you will find episodes of... Well, madness. Yeah, an old kids' cartoon. It's an old kids' cartoon about a boy and a girl who discover a family of Loch Ness monsters, which kind of look more like Godzilla. Let's let's be honest. Than than yeah, they've got they've got feet some, and they've similar. got little hands. Yeah, uh, kind of more like a, a Tyrannosaurus, really, like a T Rex. They all have different names and different like personalities, and yeah. And that's what really introduced me properly. I mean, obviously, I'd seen the pictures in Arthur C. Clarke, and yeah, yeah. there's a piece about yeah. it in our in our big old book. But that was something that kind of made it more accessible to a small child, mm. so that it, the the thought remained there to a child who got older and start to think, oh, actually, what was that about? Yeah, there's there's one very famous photo that's taken underwater, and it looks kind of like a plesiosaur or something like that with its I- mouth open. And it's got like a, a a lighter shade of skin down its neck and down its belly, which that always kind of convinced me, to be honest. But it was also terrifying thinking you could pop a camera underwater and see something like that coming well, up underneath <laughs> you while you're sat in a rowboat. Well, there's that. There's the little video of the shark, isn't there, where the person's on a a surfboard and mm. the camera's like a GoPro bobbing in and out of the water, and one time it just goes down and there's just like bump. Yeah, shark. And it's like, whoop. There's also the guy that did, he did a cliff dive, I think it was in Australia. Yeah. With a GoPro on. And yeah, great white right next to him when he hits the water. It's just like, oh my word. Yeah. Hopefully he made it jump enough that it swam away really quickly. Yeah. Well. Because you don't really expect like, you know. Yeah. Things to dive out of the the sky and dive at you. If you're a Unless it's a cormorant or something maybe. But yeah, (laughs) other than that, not really. But yeah, the the photo of the of Nessie kind of coming up from the gloom with this kind of very kind of. I'm wondering if it's one of the photos I read about. Because I, I think find it in like two minutes flat. You'd be surprised. There are so many photos online, but there mm. was one where they they did this. They put a camera underneath the in the lock, but because like I said, there's such a high peat content, it's so murky, and they said, oh, we've we've found these. We got these pictures of this of the flippers, and there was something there. But then they tampered with the photos and just moved it a little bit to make it a little bit easier to see, and then made it a little bit clearer. You know? Yeah. But then it's like, well, do you know what? I think I would rather have a blurry, true to life image than one that you've doctored. Because what's the point? You could have just made it up. Yeah. It's very annoying. But there are people that have literally made it their life's work to watch the lock. Yeah. And to keep watching it, which I'm like, firstly, how do you have the money to do that? Although I suppose now you can get sponsored and all sorts, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, you could just run a GoFundMe, couldn't you, or something like that. And this is interesting because I'm getting basically all surgeons' photos and then one of a conger eel. But I'm <laughs> yeah. not seeing the one that I... Yeah, there's a couple of things coming up saying people have seen something that looks like the Loch Ness Monster on 
Oh, it's not one from underwater then. Because that's, I think that's the one I was thinking of. Oh, really? That's quite a famous one. See, but the that's one... actually sticking out of the water, but I'm sure there was one there's, underwater. There's yeah, that was the one I was thinking of, I think. So that's the underwater one, which, again, both fascinated and terrified me in equal measure. Yeah, see, I'm not sure if that's the same one that they were talking about how they doctored it and made right. it clearer. But then what were they making clearer? Yeah. I mean, that's the sad thing now because it's so easy yeah, to, 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 things. to take photos, to use Photoshop and then to put your photos on the internet. It's really difficult to do serious research because there's so many people like, yeah, look at me and my, yeah, you know, hoaxing and hoaxing and just and yeah. And there's been so many films, videos where they've just made models yeah. to say this is what it could look like. And the, then shots of that have been altered and put online to yeah. say this is the real thing. It's like if it's which you know annoying. <laughs> it, we've already established the waters are muddy enough. They don't need to be muddied any further by people doing hoaxes. Exactly, exactly. But I was really surprised by the amount of official research yeah. that had been done. Like universities from all over the world Quite have, have travelled and sent people, sent money. Just Boats. Like I didn't realise quite so much sonar had been, you know. I mean, most of the sightings are from tourists, of which they there also, are there was, thousands. There was one point where they sent down a submersible. Yeah. And that didn't find anything either, but, which was... Disappointing but again, came but they the, can only cover so much of the was, lot. At some point, I'm sure I read, and this part, I just went, no, that, that cannot be true. They said every human on the planet could fit in Loch Ness. Yeah. I'm like, are you, what? No. Yeah, so it's not but exactly a small lake, is it? You know, It's enormous. It's like, it's. I've been trying to figure out, it's a lake that reaches from here to almost Cambridge. Yeah. And is two miles wide. Yeah. That's and then you've got and then deep on and, top of it exactly and it's the depth that that's really striking about Loch Ness is one of the things I remember hearing when they were doing the research yeah it's really it like, deep it's really long which makes it really difficult to cover a lot of the ground on it yeah it's you know it's it's it not has... that wide it's kind of long and thin more than anything else but they were saying the depth is just like it nothing has an else. island in it as well man-made but I think that might be Bronze Age Island. And there was another island, but that has since submerged. Right. But it is also one of the only locks, I think it might be the only lock in Scotland that never freezes all the way over because it is so deep yeah. that the water is able to continuously circle so, yeah. so that it doesn't it get cold. It maintains a specific temperature. Yeah, so it will freeze. Which again is another reason why it might be the perfect breeding ground or you know, home for, for a big creature. Yeah. Because the waters stay at a fairly constant temperature. Because, yeah, the deeper you go. Yeah. Someone tried to kind of convince people that there was a big cave down there at one point, mm. like somewhere where the the monster the could monster hide out live, of the way. Yeah. But that was apparently seen as a hoax. But there was a, a really recent piece of sonar that showed a large something yeah. right near the bottom. So there was the, the sonar yep. tr 
obviously the boat was reading sonar as it crossed the lock and yeah. you can see the line of the lock bed and it sort of started off and it was you know not so deep and then it plummeted and it went along and somewhere just in the middle where it was about 190 meters deep there was this blip and mm. they worked out it was about the size of a transit van which but it, i mean even if that's a fish it's a bloody big fish and they're saying well it wouldn't have been a shoal of fish mostly because of the depth because it yeah. was really deep but also it was completely solid and when you get a shoal of fish it's kind of speckledy because yeah. it's like it shows through they're not going to be solid and this was what looked like they called it like the croissant because it was slightly kind of moon shaped right. and, it, and it was there kind of and one said i think like 50 meters from the base and the other one said like 20 meters there were two conflicting kind of measurements mm. but still yeah that's a big thing really far down and he was like i wasn't looking for nessie this was just me with my sonar so i knew where i was yeah you know because obviously with the the floor being so all over the place you want to know the depth below you don't you yeah, yeah and and that was really really recently like in like this year alone i think there's been like six or seven sightings there's someone who's just got a camera pointing at the lock all the time now yeah. and every now and again you can see these weird waves and bits and bobs yeah. and there is a thing though because of a lock that size it does get a bit of pull and when you get wind funneled down you get if if it's a strong wind and it pushes all the water sort of slightly to one end of the lock mm. it will eventually kind of retaliate and you'll get like a rolling wave that rolls up the lock that can look really odd really odd but People have said, you know, sometimes it's a wave going against the wind or it's it's more like mm. the wake of a boat. It's something showing something going through the water rather than yeah. just a roll. But yeah, I'm I'm totally in the believer basket of there being something because yeah. there can't be that much. I mean, yes, I know nowadays it is more of a tourist hotspot, but this is something that's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. I think the worst thing would be to go there and then see something and know that you're whatever you've seen, you you know what you've seen, you know what you've yeah. experienced and that kind of thing. But knowing you're just gonna become another witness. I don't think I'd it's mind not necessarily gonna prove I think I, anything. I in myself, if I went there and I saw something, I'd be like, I know. Mm. I know the truth. If you don't believe me, that's none of my goddamn business. Yeah. I'd like to get some, you know, physical evidence if possible so that you could prove one way or another. So either, you know, some kind of sample from it or, you know, photographs and stuff. But even photographs, like you say, you've got to be so careful these days because the second you take a photograph of anything, immediately everybody's like, it's been doctored. It's, it's been it's doctored. It's a fake. And it's, it's like, you know. And the thing is, it's like, I feel like the people who have taken photos, a lot of them are like, oh, yeah, I was taking photos of the lock because it looked really pretty. And then when I checked back, it was like, oh, there's this thing in it. Mm. And I'm thinking, but were you not looking at what you were taking? Yeah. <laughs> have you not got eyes? It's a shame now because it's like we've almost gone to the exact opposite of what photography used to be viewed as. Yeah. Because the old saying was the camera never lies. Well, now in the days of Photoshop, filters and yeah. apps, 
it, it's it like normally the camera does. kind of almost always lies yeah really mm. but also i feel like if i did see it i think the last thing or like it would be that low on my list of priorities to whip out my camera mm. and take a photo because i know i'm terrible i'd end yeah. up probably taking a picture of my foot and then dropping my phone but no i just think i'd be more like in awe of it and like you know what i don't really care if i share it with other people and you just it's, want the experience for yourself kind yeah of thing. yeah whereas i you know well i mean selflessly want to <laughs> promote the cause of science but um, all right whatever and sell the photos to the highest bidder yeah well yeah why not might <laughs> we'll, well. we'll add it to the historical tour yeah it's going to be a biggie yeah it's going to be a hell of a tour once we get <laughs> let back out and have the means well there we go the Loch Ness yeah. Monster. Have I, I? I don't know. How did you feel about the Loch Ness Monster before this? And how do you feel about the Loch Ness Monster now? Pretty much the same both ways, to be honest with you, because I was pretty much in the camp of, I think there's something there. And I don't think this has changed my mind to say there isn't something there. So, yeah, I think I'm about where you are, to be fair. Yeah. I think there's definitely something in that bloody lock, whether it comes or goes or visits other locks or goes down the river to the sea and then comes back to spawn. Who knows? But, yeah, there's something weird in that lock, and it would be brilliant to find out what the bloody hell it was. It's because the lock is actually whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there's, the, like, some of the photos and stuff, it's just, I can't, I want, yeah, this it's one I want to believe in, definitely. Cool. Thanks. So, what do you think? Do you think Nessie's a real thing, or do you think it's just an eel? Or do you think there's a rogue transit van? Driving around at the bottom of the lock. Maybe, like Who a transformer. Knows? Yeah. Let us know. Give us a shout. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And and also, if you're Scottish, I apologise. <laughs> it's not the only reason you should apologise to the Scottish, but sure. Those papers are sealed. So if you've enjoyed this episode and any others, and you would like to give us any feedback, we would love to hear from you. If you'd like to email us with any stories of your own, Drop us a line at storiesofstrangeness at gmail.com. If you want to keep up with us on Facebook, you can find us facebook.com slash stories of strangeness. That's the page. There is a join group button if you'd like to join the group and start chatting. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, we are at stories of strangeness. And if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, at so strange pod. We also have a website where you can find all of these links again. I think you'll find it's storiesofstrangeness.com. Storiesofstrangeness.com. <laughs> Do you know, we still haven't uploaded my pictures, have we? No. So terrible. No. If you would like some Stories of Strangeness merch, you can find us on Redbubble by searching for Zoe and Mike, all one word. Or following the link in the show notes. There you go. That's just as easy. And you can get our random stuff put all over random stuff. Hopefully Zoe will be doing a family nest themed illustration <gasps> for this I hadn't episode. Thought, no, no I, had, I have got an idea, but it wasn't family nest inspired, but maybe it will be now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm doing. So if you would like to help us out with the running of our podcast, you can sponsor us on Patreon. Yep. We have two tiers. The first is... One pound a month. And for that, you just are saying, hey, guys, you're doing all right. Here, Keep have a trucking. pound. Have a quid. 
There you go. And yep. that goes towards the running of the website and such. Yep. And we'll give you a shout out on the show. Of course we will. And the second tier is... £3 a month. And for that, you get a plethora of goodies. Yep. You get outtakes. You get time-lapse illustration videos. But more importantly, you get... Minisodes. Yes. Us talking more. Yep. And this week's Minnesota is going to be on Stonehenge. So if you're interested in prehistoric megaliths, maybe chuck us a few quid for, for a month and have a listen. Yeah, because Patreon's good in the way that you can just, you know, dip in and out when you feel you've got the funds. Yep. And we're fine with that. Absolutely. Know? Okay, so this week's fun fact for you. Did you know there were active volcanoes on the moon 100 million years ago? Active volcanoes. I didn't even know the moon 100 million years ago. I'm a lot older than I look. No comments. <laughs> no comments from any of you. Yeah, so when the dinosaurs were alive and roaming around, yeah. the, the moon was like like a zitty teenager. <laughs> nice. I've not ever met a zitty teenager that spews lava from their acne, but sure. All right. Oh, God, now there's some images. What yeah. have I done? Yeah. You've opened up a can of worms there. Ugh, <laughs> yeah, so that's my fun fact. Cool. Next episode will be out in two weeks' time. It's going to be a me episode, and it's going to be a continuation of my series that I started last time with Roswell. I don't know where you're going with this. Yeah, I do, luckily. Well, that's excellent. Otherwise, good. It'd be an awful show because I'd just have to wing it. Maybe we should do a show like that one day. Yeah. just There you go. That's what you can do. Email us a topic that we haven't covered yet that we've just got to wing it on. Oh, my God. That's a terrible idea. Yeah, isn't it? No, no. Let's not say <laughs> Okay. Here's an idea. Yeah. For my episode yeah. in one month's time, I'm taking submissions Message us however you feel you want to message us. Email, Facebook, Instagram. Tell me what you want to hear. I'll pick a few and we can maybe vote it out closer to the time and make me research something that maybe I'm not quite comfortable doing. Fair enough. I think you've made a huge mistake by saying that, but fine. If I don't like any of them... Oh, no, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to cheat. I won't let you cheat. Okay, I feel like I've dug myself a shallow grave, but okay, throw it at me. Yeah. What do you want to hear? What do you want Zoe to tell you all about? Or I can just read you a bedtime story. Yeah, about goblins. A proper grim fairy tale. Cool. And with anyway. that, <laughs> I think it's time we said goodnight. Goodnight or and farewell. Bye. Love you.